Blog Talk Radio. from the Subbone Vapor Studios in Little Rock, Arkansas. This is On The Real with Mike and Sean, your progressive talk show here on Talk Radio 49. I am your host, Sean Castleberry, with Micah Qualls, and we are live. If you wish to call in and discuss any of the issues that we want to talk about today, the number is 347-989-1171. Micah, how are you today? I'm doing great. It is spring break. As you know, I am a teacher, and I am having a ball. Because I am resting. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Good news, good news. So what's going on in the world of news today that we wanted to talk about? Well, my first topic is shout out to Stephen Hawking, who um, passed away this week after a long bottle, a battle with Lou Gehrig's disease. And um, Sean and I are both um, unabashed atheists, and we just want to – say thank you for what Stephen Hawking did to contribute to science um, and um, knowledge and education and um, all of the wonderful things that Stephen Hawking did to progress um, the world. Um, And uh, just sad to see somebody so brilliant pass, but that is nature. So unfortunately, that's the way things work. Absolutely, absolutely. I was definitely uh, blown away by that. I didn't expect that to happen uh, earlier this week when I saw the news. It was pretty devastating because Stephen Hawking has been such a major influence in my life, throughout my life. And uh, obviously, if people have seen the the film, uh, The Theory of Everything, which came out in uh, 2014, uh, you know, if you haven't, go ahead and watch that because it's such a great film about his life and what he dealt with and what he went through. Uh, not only that, but just the brilliance of the man himself, the things that he was able to do uh, with theoretical physics and everything. I mean, he was a rock star in our uh, scientific community uh, as far as the world concerns. And, you know, geeks like me that watch Star Trek and, you know, when we saw him with Data uh, on Star Trek The Next Generation, that was just one of the coolest things ever, you know, with Einstein and a uh, holodeck episode, obviously. But, uh, yeah, what a very sad week that uh, we have lost uh, one of the greatest scientific minds in the history of the world, honestly. Uh, we are still um, learning from his theories and, and his writings, and we'll continue to do so just as we do with Einstein uh, for many, many years. So, again, if you haven't seen that film, The Theory of Everything, we, we definitely suggest that you do. Uh, it was an Academy Award-winning film as well, uh, the lead actor – won uh, Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role in uh, 2015. Yeah, and um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who we mentioned last week briefly in our, in our, in our conversation, um, is one of my favorite people. Um, his show, The Cosmos, which was a redo um, from the 70s or 80s of a show, um, really changed, started really solidifying my journey away from my uh, religious beliefs and really tur- turned me towards science. He's just really brilliant. And he said on Twitter, 
about Stephen Hawking. He said his passing has left an intellectual vacuum in his wake, but it's not empty. Think of it as a kind of vacuum energy permeating the fabric of space-time that defies measure. R.I.P. Oh, wow. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. That's really deep. Um, As you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson is famous for saying that we're all star stuff, as he calls it, um, based on the Big Bang Theory and evolution um, that we all come from stardust. Um, It's very, very uh, fascinating science. I mean, that was a simplified way of explaining it, but... We're all star stuff, so Stephen Hawking, you are in the stars. You are back in the stars, right? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and on social media, that's what was tripping me out so hard because here's this brilliant mind who came from Great Britain who was able to do these things, form all of these wonderful theories about what's going on, and he was immediately attacked by these whack job fundamentalist Christians. And I, I, I just couldn't believe the things that they said. Uh, I, I was just watching a few videos just before the start of the show. And, of course, w- with smiles on their face, glee in their heart, they're saying, Stephen Hawking now knows that there is a God as he's writhing in hell. And just the most horrible <laughs> things that you could imagine. And they're just happy as could be that they really uh, believe this about him. And I, I, it was yeah. heartbreaking to see that. Uh, having been a former Christian like yourself, uh, I, I just – you know, where's the compassion of a lost life, you know, altogether, you yeah. know, there's a beautiful human being that was able to do wonderful things in his life, despite the disabilities that he had. And instead of celebrating, you know, such a beautiful life, they want to, you know, basically gloat, you know, well, we believe in God. Now he does too. It was just disgusting. Well, I mean, we'll see, right, Sean? <laughs> we'll Absolutely. all see, yeah, right? that's yeah, yeah, we will. Don't mistake my sarcasm, you know. radio world. Uh, I, I get sarcastic sometimes. I know you can't see my face, so maybe I need to be more explicit. Stephen Hawking does not know shit because he's dead. <laughs> he's dead. Exactly, yeah. And and, and that's and the, the, the thing. Our, our belief is that once you die, that's it. You know, you should yeah. enjoy your life to your fullest. You should do all the things that you want to while you're here because as – you know, uh, Richard Dawkins has said, you are so lucky to even exist, to have that Absolutely. spark of life. And Absolutely. you should take advantage of that by enjoying everything that you can and make everyone's life around you that much better. And, you know, that's the, that's the type of message that needs to be put out there. Not that if you don't believe what I do, you're going to burn forever. Well, fuck that shit. Well, not only did he contribute to science, he contributed to helping other people with similar disabilities by, cre- uh, by um, you know, creating and, and inventing, um, you know, technology to help himself communicate. So he's, he's definitely lived his life to the fullest and contributed to society. One of my favorite quotes that he made is kind of deep. I'm going to see what you think of it, Sean. It's the greatest okay. enemy of knowledge. The greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance. It is the illusion of knowledge. And nice. I love that quote because so many people think they know shit, Sean, but they don't. Yes. No, I would agree with that. There are so many people out there that are convinced that their point of view is absolutely right, and they will not change no matter how many facts that you show them. 
And being again yeah. a formal fun, fundamentalist Christian, I was I was on board with that. I used to think that I was absolutely right, and I would reject any type of open mindedness at all as far as what the scientific community would say. And you know, slowly but surely, that eroded, and I you know started to educate myself and look at that, and you know, finally came to realize that you know facts are really cool. And so is science, and science teaches us what we are, where we came from. Uh, but the best part about that is that they don't try to have any absolutes in science as far as, well, we know everything. We don't. We don't know everything, and that's the best part about it is that we're continuously learning. You know, there there, there was no – yeah, there was no God yeah. that created everything and, and tried to – you know, make this utopian world or whatever. It, it's just chaos. It just happens. And, you know, that's a beautiful it's, thing it's, to think about. It is It is so beautiful to think about how complex a human being is out of out of chaos, you know, that, that, that we come from that. Oh, and I feel so important because a while ago I said, have fun out there in the stars to Stephen Hawking. And Barack Obama also tweeted, have fun out there among the stars. So I feel important now. Nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. I know. Yeah, another <laughs> another great uh, figure in history, right there, President Barack Obama. Yes. I know a lot of people oh. hate his guts, but I I admire the man, and I think he did a good job. I wish he was still here. Absolutely. So Absolutely. there was another there was another story we were talking about before we uh, actually started the show, and that was about the right to die. Can you go ahead and go into detail about that uh, story? Um, yeah, this was something that kind of blew up on social media the last couple of days. It was even sh- uh, shared on a, one of our local TV stations' Facebook page, um, and it was about this um, couple in Oregon. Um, they had been married for 66 years, and they both were terminal. They had terminal diagnosis. Um, I know that the husband was a very respected physician throughout his life, and that he had been battling Parkinson's. Um, it did not say what the wife was suffering from, but it did say that they were both terminal. And in Oregon, um, the right to die, they're called death with dignity laws. Um, it is, yes. um, is allowed. And um, I know we all remember us of a certain age about Dr. Kevorkian and all that drama back in the early 90s. I guess it was 80s and 90s. And uh, they call it euthanasia. They call it doctor-assisted suicide. But um, people that support the right to die movement um, just call it death with dignity because you're you're choosing not to to suffer or make your loved one suffer watching you suffer um, instead. And um, anyways, they spent their last time together, laying in bed, holding hands, and being together. Um, she died first. And he was alive about an hour. Um, And if people need to know more about, like, how it works and everything, um, it's a law in Oregon, so just look it up. And I I believe Washington. There's just two states right now. I I could be wrong about that. Yeah, Washington, Oregon, and California just recently passed a law to give uh, people death with dignity as well. Uh, There are a few documentaries that you can watch. Uh, Netflix had a great documentary last year. I don't know if it's still available. But uh, over in Europe and in Oregon and Washington, they showed three people that had decided to do this. And basically, you have to have a doctor. He he prescribes you the drugs, and then you have to have a medical assistant that actually shows up. And they have to mix that concoction together 
and you sign all the forms to waivers. You know, you're of sound mind, obviously not body, uh, because you've made the decision to do this. And then they mix it all up, and when you're ready, you take the drink. And within 30 minutes, you pass away peacefully and with dignity. And it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, one of the – I think you're talking about the movie How to Die in Oregon. It's on Netflix, and it's yes. a documentary. And um, it's very um, it's very helpful if you don't know how you feel about this issue or if you um, want to support the movement for Right to Die. It really takes you through not only the personal stories but the issues and the politics surrounding Die with Dignity. So really, yeah, really too. fascinating and documentary. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, um, you know, and I, I, I get the – theological arguments against it. People talk about how you should live your life with dignity. Suffering is a part of your theology. That's what you believe. Um, but not everyone believes the same way that you do, and everyone should have the choice to live their life or die how they want to. And if someone chooses to die with dignity, I think that's a beautiful thing. I think you can go out on your own terms without fear and face it right then and there, especially people like us that don't believe in an afterlife. And, you know, if it gets to that point where we can't take care of ourselves, we should be able to do this type of thing. You know, we shouldn't have to depend on family to suffer uh, with us. That doesn't seem fair. In fact, it seems extremely selfish. So, it does. Uh, again, very, it is very selfish. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and honestly, the, Sean, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, even if I take out my um, beliefs about not an afterlife and all that, like, I just honestly am a very staunch personal individual rights advocate. I believe that that is what America, the founding fathers really intended is that individual rights would be paramount over the government's enforcement of anything. And so, again, I see this as an individual rights issue. And um, so I am very, I am a very strong supporter of the right to die movement. Absolutely. Me too. Um, you know, too many people suffer greatly from debilitating disabled, you know, disabilities. Uh, they can't take care of themselves. Uh, they can even be trapped in their body uh, with the mind that they have and still not be able to function the right way, which, you know, is cruel and unusual yes. when you think about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people with mental illnesses, too. Some people just don't want to live. Some people have been born on this world, and they feel that they never had the choice, you know, of whether they wanted to be here or not. Wow. And maybe they, maybe they don't want to be here. And, again, with proper, you know, psychiatric evaluation and, and doctor's care, people could, again, die with dignity and, and go out the way that they want to, especially if they just don't want to be here anymore. So, you know, a separation of church and state is paramount in issues like this so that we can keep the theological issues away and let people decide for themselves. Because, again, like you said, this country was founded on individual rights. And, you know, even though that's a blurred line on other issues as well, um, it, it is important what you are able to do with the end of your life. I, I do respect the, the, the couple that went through this and decided to do it together. Again, a very beautiful story. It is, and I think that, that, that their story in particular will have an impact on people that may not have uh, really thought about the issue or 
um, you know, it's a, it's kind of like that movie, The Notebook, which is like I've seen a million times because I'm a chick. Um, love that movie. Um, <laughs> but, you know, in The Notebook, they pass away together um, by, you know, not by right to die, but they do, they fall asleep and pass away in each other's arms. And it reminded me of that so much because that's just a fictionalized movie, but it, it, it evokes yeah. such emotion. And um, so I'm hoping that it will help other people with this issue. Maybe they have a loved one um, that would like to do that and they're struggling with it. You know, I think their story is very, and now that it's out there, it made big waves on the internet. Um, Now that it's out there, um, people will be able to access it if they try to research about this issue. So they're, they're going to be helping people forever, you know, because their story will always be a matter of public record. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's mm-hmm. wonderful. You know, the internet and technology today allows us to share information like this that we can use or, you know, educate other people in things that they just may not know about. You know, again, we were talking about that before the show, how easy it is to do such things as this, talk radio or, you know, you could do a blog, you can do videos. There's all sorts of great things. You know, the internet shouldn't just be echo chambers for your anger or your issues or stuff like that. We should be able to share and, you know, learn from each other and actually do great things. And that's what I love about technology and this. And what better teaching tool than a person's real-life experiences? Um, exactly. You know, it's one thing to yeah, it's one thing to read a Wikipedia or or an encyclopedia uh, about euthanasia or doctor assisted suicide, but to literally hear someone's personal reasons and story way more impactful. Way more impactful. And you, and you probably remember Doctor Kravorkian back in the day when he was becoming oh, popular yeah. with his assisted assisted suicides, and he ended up going to prison. Right? Did he ever get released? Yeah. Um, I think okay. he died in prison. Um, oh, really? That's just what my memory is telling me. I'm not quite sure. Um, oh, let's look but, that up real quick. Uh, yeah, I was, I was about to do the same thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it was um, so controversial. But it's the, for, those, for those maybe younger that may not know, he was basically this doctor, and he was, like, on the down low um, doing this for people, helping people die with dignity, and he got mm-hmm. caught um, doing it. So, um, but I'm, I'm just going to real Sean, I have my family all knows all my family, my boyfriends. I mean, I, I don't know. Everybody knows how I feel about it. If I get incapacitated and cannot take care of myself, I do not want my family going through that. That is, I do not want that. That's, and that is my right to not want that. And they know that I feel yes. very strongly about that. I believe in science. And I believe that if the science has, has limited out and it cannot fix me, then why live? I just, I, I just, uh, I don't, I just don't believe in any of this other, you know, crap. I believe that nature has, has said to me, if that was to happen, it's your time. I believe nature is telling me that. Because in nature, Sean, on the same topic, I guess, in nature, the weakest are, often either abandoned or even killed by their own mother, you know, in nature, like in animal kingdom. And because it's about, because in evolution, the, the fittest survive, you know? And so I think nature's given me a hint (laughs) 
if I end up incapacitated yes. and there's no technology to fix that. But, the, you know, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm I'm different than the average bear, as they say. Um, yeah, no, I, I would see. agree with that. I, I would I would definitely say, uh, by the way, uh, Jack Kevorkian died in 2011. Uh, he was released from prison in 2008, and he wanted to run for uh, congressional office in 2008. I don't think he won. But, uh, yeah, he passed away in 2011 <laughs> free free from the incarceration that they had given him for what he was trying to do and helping people. And that's yeah, bad. Yeah, well, uh, you know. But, but at least they, we remember people his People have really evolved. People have evolved on this issue since Kevorkian got um, convicted of that and went to prison. And you got to wonder if it would be the same, I guess. I don't know. I don't know today. Yeah. No, they they, they definitely have pretty- evolved a bit. I think that Maria Shriva, uh well, I can't remember her name. It was the uh, it was the Catholic yeah. lady that was in a coma. Yeah, right. she was in a coma. Her husband wanted to keep her alive. No, he he wanted he wanted to allow her to die. The family wanted to keep her alive because they were Catholic, and they were trying to force the hospital to keep her alive. And it was uh, such a controversial subject. That was what five six years ago. Yeah, I remember that. That was big time. And then recently, yeah. the little boy, the little boy from Great Britain, yes. uh, the terminal, the terminal kid from Great Britain, and they were wanting to come to America. And um, do you remember? Do you remember that? That also happened. This I do. Year, I that was last year. Yeah. 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 Whew. I tell you. Yeah. Well, I think. Yeah. Deep subjects. Twenty minutes in. I think we need to bring up Trump. How about you? <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> well, let's see. What? Where do we begin? Um, let's see. Well, first, we go uh, Mueller, first, we can McCabe, talk about Stormy Daniels. Oh gosh, Stormy Daniels. Let me just say, props to my girl Stormy Daniels. You have sex positivity. You are proud to be a affluent sex worker. You go, girl. Um, you are not ashamed of your uh, life and you shouldn't be and it's not for us to say she has a very um, uh, uh, honorable profession so off the top we're not going to have any shaming of Stormy Daniels for her profession but I will say this um, what have we come to Sean when this is just like not a big deal to people moving on that the president cheated on his wife after his kid was born with a yep. porn star and then yep. harassed her to the point that she took hush money about it. Like, yep. I mean, but kudos to her for fighting back um, against these uh, these non-disclosure agreements. Look, I know they're a part of civil law and people can get them, but I, I, I find it very uh, wrong to impose this on people if you I don't know Sean I don't know how I feel about it but I mean dang and and I'll say Stormy Daniels is hot she's a cutie pie oh yeah <laughs> you know she's well, cute and on top of that she's got a, a mind and a voice of her own that she's trying to use she tried to speak out after, uh, before the election um, when he came out with those grab her by the pussy tapes which like yes. fucked me up for weeks, and that's when they really silenced her. And my question is, now they have countersued her for twenty million dollars or something. 
My question nice. is, y'all, what does she have on you? She must have some sort of evidence um, or something because they are, I mean, he's not like Trump hasn't had myriad affairs over the years. But why is this exactly. girl, why is it so, so important to keep her silent? Because they, they must, well, they I must think know it, something. Well, I, I think the more that it stays in the news, the more it's going to influence people against him, especially from the evangelical crowd who have supported him wholeheartedly through everything. And now there is a tide uh, happening throughout the country. Uh, I think it was – what was it? Pennsylvania. We just had a Democrat win uh, – in an oh, area yeah. where Trump, where Trump won by like thirty six percent, his uh, his influence is starting to fade. And we have these elections coming in November. That's a very good sign for people that are standing against Trump and his regime up there in Washington right now. But as far as Miss uh, Daniels uh, is concerned and everything that's happening with that, you know, this guy is just a, you know, he's a he, he's a piece of shit. He's a scumbag cheating on his wife she just had a kid i mean who does that oh yeah donald trump yeah oh yeah yeah and and proud of it and brags about it like it's like it's a yeah. thing you know and then you know a long time ago and this is this is why you know some of the salacious details she had spoken to a magazine this is before she signed the agreement obviously uh but if you you can look yeah. it up on the internet but she said that the sex was rather generic um, I, I guess that right. just means normal. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know about you, Sean, but mine's not generic. <laughs> so um, yeah, I wouldn't but, think so. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because I'm, you know, us heathens, we're so wild, right, Sean? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, we but, don't have to worry uh, about all that guilt. Right. Exactly. But she said that he spanked her with a Time magazine. And that, that's one of the things he said. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's was obsessed with that the one he was media. on the cover for? Probably. Probably. I, You know, that part of it does not bother me whatsoever. I don't care what happens in people's bedrooms consensually. You know, I don't care. Yeah. Um, that's cute and all. What I do have a problem with is how much he disrespects women. He has a – it's not like this is an isolated incident. Um, and you obviously don't respect your wife who just had your child. Um, and you know, Melania, Melania has been really staying low lately since this Stormy Daniels stuff came out. I believe she's humiliated. I mean, what woman wouldn't be, it's not like she didn't know what she was getting into with Trump, but you know, the stakes have changed, you know, things are different when the whole world cares about you and not just the New York social scene, you know? So, exactly. You know, I saw an interesting yeah. uh, meme the other day that uh, spoke about Hillary Clinton, and they mentioned Melania Trump, and they said, how come they're not asking Melania Trump if she's going to leave her husband like they did Hillary Clinton during his right. affair? And it right. just shows the double standard, the hypocrisy. Uh, everything, of course, with this man has just been hypocrisy and double standard. So, you know, he's just a disgrace, well, a disgrace to the office of the presidency altogether. Well, and we talked last week extensively about how evangelicals have sold their soul to this movement with Trump. You know, I, yeah. if you're from the South, you're pretty familiar with the Promise Keepers organization, which is Absolutely. they have, they walk, they, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. 
um, they go to conventions, and it's men, it's evangelical men, and they have these bumper stickers on their cars that say, I love my wife, and it's all about yeah. being a godhead, a godhead, which is in the Bible, of the marriage, and um, they are really, it's all about, you know, reducing pornography, watch, and usage, which... Uh, Irony on that, the Bible Belt has the highest amount of pornography uh, watching and gay pornography specifically, the Bible Belt state, um, which is hilarious to me. But um, which fine, you know, go go find your grail. Go find your grail, Christians. Do yep. your thing. But, um, you know, I just don't understand going from promise keepers culture of I love my wife bumper stickers to, well, that's him. That's him. Moving on. Yep. I got a I got a That's... Supreme Court justice, so I'm gonna throw my whole belief system out the window. Well, I think that had a lot to do with it. You know, back when I was a conservative, I remember voting for Bush, uh, George W. because of his pro life stance. And, you know, I deeply regret yeah. that. I wish I hadn't have been that way back then. But, you know, it is something that I'll freely admit to you because I'm an honest person. And, you know, I do understand the conservative points of view. I do understand that religious mindset because I used to be that way. And the saddest part to me is that it's all based on fear. Every single bit of it is based on fear. And you would think that it wouldn't be because here are a group of people that say, well, God is on our side. So we shouldn't fear anything. So they shouldn't go to doctors. They shouldn't carry guns. They shouldn't worry about elections. None of this stuff, because God's going to take care of it all, right? But right. we live cons- consistent hypocrisy because they do run around open carrying, and they do go to doctors, and they do, you know, fight on Facebook and you know, vote and and everything else. That's again, they're supposed to give it all up to God, which shows me their entire lack of faith in what they believe in. You know, they're they're just dishonest atheists, in my point of view. Uh, that's deep. Huh. Put that in the Sean Castleberry quote book because that was a good one. Um, on yeah, that I have note, one blurring you do blurring the lines between <laughs> religion and politics. New law in Arkansas requiring cl- school classrooms. Every classroom has to post this poster that says "In God We Trust" and has a flag on it. Now, the city hasn't gone there yet as the city. We call Little Rock the city, by the way, because we're the biggest city in Arkansas. Um, Yeah, that's right. But a lot of northwest Arkansas schools and other places have implemented it. I have seen them with my own eyes. I was in a town called Searcy, which is run by the Church of Christ. Uh, college yes, the that's co- also the there. Yeah, Harding University. And that whole yep. city, uh, little town, is kind of run by the Church of Christ uh, power structure there. In fact, they have banned pornography, like magazines. And, like, this is yep. one of those towns that, that's theocratic. Like, like, there is no such thing as separation of church and state there. Well, I saw the Yeah, they're, they're the one classroom. step above Footloose. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's funny. But, um, you know, I saw it with my own eyes a couple, three weekends ago, and um, I was just shocked that in a public high school, 
that that's something that they feel needs to be put on the wall. And the thing is, it's not like they gave the teachers the option of where to put it. They literally came in with, because I, I talked to a teacher that works there. That's why I was there. Um, and she said that they, they, like, sent maintenance people in and hung them, and they all hung them, like, in the same spot, which is, like, right beside the board, which is where every wow. is forward facing. Oh, yeah. Like, they got to look at it. That, they spent a, yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's the same poster. They framed them. And it's just like, how much money did the state spend on this? Is the school board buying them? I mean, who who is paying for this? Um, and I get it. They say in God we trust is on the money. Man, screw that, though, because the Supreme Court has ruled over and over and over again that schools are clearly not a place for religion. Like, that is the one thing that, that the Supreme Court has been clear about with the separation of church yes. and state, is that religion does not belong in the schools whatsoever. Well, unfortunately, in God we trust is the United States' motto. So that's why it's mm. on our money. And, you know, what a lot of people don't understand, again, is that that didn't happen until, uh, gosh, what was it, the 1950s, in God we mm. trust was started to, to put on our money. And it's because of the communist scare. It was because of the uh, the Cold War. So, no, it's not something that we have always done. Uh, Same thing with our Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, The words under God were not in the original Pledge of Allegiance. That, that again, happened around the same time. Uh, The communist scare, the Cold War, it was all about trying to keep America pure. It was all about trying to keep, you know, religion up there. Um, Because Thank um, you, you Margaret O'Hare, too, for, for fighting the school systems. Uh, she was yeah. the president and founder of the American Atheist Association, uh, not the most, I guess, uh, brilliant spokesperson, but she was a militant uh-huh. atheist. And she did a lot for the atheist movement. And, she you did. know, people people don't have to be as hardcore as she was, but we should stand up for our rights, uh, especially for separation of church and state in, in this. You know, I'm very familiar with Harding University. I grew up here in Arkansas. Uh, the Church of Christ does control the state, and uh, that's the church I originally was raised in, uh, my parents went to. So, yeah, it's extremely fundamentalist. It is uh, exclusive, ex- exclusionary. They believe they're the only right church that there is, and they do control big parts of this state. And uh, yes. I'm sure they had a lot to do with pushing that uh, legislation and getting that in all the schools, which, again, it hasn't yeah, happened because- yet. But I did notice a – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, because, Sean, we both know that they are not doing it because it's the national motto. They're trying to make no. their damn point. They're trying to make their damn yep. point. Well, you hear yeah. that all the well, time, I, or at least we do. We see it all the time on Facebook. You know, people argue all the time, you got to get God back in school. you got to get prayer back in school. And it's like, look, <laughs> anybody can carry a Bible to school. Anybody can pray in school. Nobody took prayer away from school. Nobody took Bibles away from school. Faculty just can't lead a prayer. That's, that, right, that's and faculty can even have Bibles. Faculty can have Bibles yes. in their room, and faculty yes. can wear crosses around their necks yes. or whatever their beliefs are. If they wear a hijab because they're Muslim, um, they're not they, – they just don't want adults leading any type of religious exercise. And that's my point, like, that I just want to ask the average Christian, because down here in the Bible Belt, we talk about Christians a lot because we are literally surrounded by them. Um, But, I mean, the thing is, I just want to ask 
like a, a, a fair-minded thinking Christian, hey, what religion do you want your teacher to impose onto the children? Because there are thousands and thousands of religions in the world. So, yes. uh, you know, it's... And if, any, and if anybody but wants I'm to call in what, and actually talk to us about that, please call the number. It's uh, 347-989-1171. And, uh, yeah, if there's anybody out there that wants to talk to us about that, you know, a little friendly debate or whatever, yeah, definitely give us a call. We'd like to talk to you about it. Um, Sean, I have a plan if they make me put it in my room, and it's not because I'm an atheist. It's because I support separation of church and state, and I know that teachers yeah. and adults and the school system and the administrators should not be trying to influence children in any particular way towards a religion. And so it has nothing to do with my own beliefs, but I tell you, I'm going to have a sticky note challenge. And every day we're going to sticky note over the word God with something cool, like in Beyonce, we trust in pizza, we trust in whatever. Um, But that will be kind of fun. Um, Cause I mean, they didn't say we had to, uh, we, they didn't say we had to leave it uh, not, not covered up. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm well, petty I, like if, that, if, so. <laughs> if I were a teacher in the public school system and they made me put that in my room, then I would definitely go out and I would buy a really nice little plaque under, and to put underneath it, and it would just simply yeah. have two words on it with a question mark, which one? That's right. what I would do. No. See, that's a lot more healthy than my little petty exercise of sticky notes. But well, what you're doing right. is fun. Or, right. But I think both I ways, to make both ways go about getting kids to think about it. Well, to me, they've made a joke out of it by trying to pass it off as it's the fucking national motto when it's actually just yes. a way to infiltrate Christianity into a, the school. Um, you know, it, don't don't can try to pull the wool over my eye. So I'm just trying to make a joke right back. I mean, period. Exactly. And, 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 you know, these people that try to say that America was founded on Christian principles, to a point, you're right. It was when you talk about genocide and slavery, because those are things that are highly supported in the Bible. And those right. were tools used to found this country. You know, the oppression of minorities in this country by wealthy whites, that, that's the truth and history of our country. You know, people want to talk about our culture, our language, our land. We need to get back to the basics. Well, the culture was – we kill everything that's not like us. The language yeah. will make everyone like us. And the land will take yep. what we want. And oh, it's sad. A hundred million Native Americans died because, you know, we came over here. We've obliterated their nations. And there's only a few left. In fact, if you go to any of these uh, Native American uh, tribes throughout uh, the United States, they are actually considered prisoner of war camps by the Department of Defense. Well, that's 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 I what what now? Yes. What did you say? Yes. Now? When I when when I was in the United States military and I used to work in the intelligence office and I had to read all sorts of secret security things and you know memos and stuff like that and I happened to come across a file one day that actually stated that all Native American tribes, uh, the uh, reservations, I should say, where the Native Americans are that are funded by the government and give them housing and everything that they need, you know, ha ha ha, what they need. Um, right. They are considered by the Department of Defense as prisoner of war camps. That's what they are officially wow. titled. Wow. Well, that makes sense because they were, quote, unquote, relocated there 
forced yes. there by our government. Oh, and Sean, that reminds me. I need to go back and clean up what I said earlier about how the, the nation was founded on individual rights because, yes, yes, it was problematic because people were owned and did not have yes. any rights whatsoever with slavery and then also what we did to yes. the Native people who lived here. However, the spirit of America is based on freedom and individual rights, and I didn't mean to yes. discount those other two things. I just wanted to uh, bring that up really fast. So No, and I, I get that. Uh, I That's why I said, you know, it, it, it can yeah. be a blurred line when you talk about different things like that as well because then you can get into gun right. rights and everybody's like, yeah, that's my individual right. Uh well, now that's another issue altogether, and I think that's another issue that conservatives have with liberals and progressives is that we tend to have different opinions about various subjects, whereas right. they don't, and they right. don't understand they're, they're the really complexity of how we look at things. Yeah, they're just one trick. Yeah. Right. You know, and, this and is the way it was. This is the way it should that, be. It's not just that we look at things complex with complexity, it's also that we're willing to be like, huh, I'm wrong, which is something yes. that my conservative friends are not willing to be. Like, liberals are open to, like, facts and science and research yes. and things that prove us otherwise. So, exactly, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, oh, the, I, I, the verdict's the, the verdict's still out on most of the social subjects that we're arguing about today. And the facts come in, and, and usually progressives and liberals, which are more open-minded, they tend to go along with the facts. Again, the conservatives, yeah. the way it used to be is the way it should be. And you know that's yeah, just that's wrong because just in evolutionary terms, life is about change, and things change over time. Sometimes it takes a long time over millions of years, or they could take a short amount of time depending on social progress. So – you know, and hopefully that's why we won't. The, and that's why the root word of progressive is da 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 progress. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's well, all um, it's all about fine. change. You know, and I try to explain that to people too. You know, you're not the same as you were when you were three years old, seven years old, twelve years old, fifteen years old. You've consistently changed throughout the the course of your life. Your views will change throughout the course of your life. I know a lot of former liberals. That turned conservative the older that they got. And again, I believe it's because of religion. You know, they go to church and they find their friends and everything like that. They, they listen to the preacher and then they tend to become sheep and follow what these preachers say, which usually is a more conservative point of view. Whereas, you know, people like us that grew up with, you know, the oppression and indoctrination of religion, uh, we had to run from it. We had to literally, what's the word, decultify ourselves. Uh, get all that indoctrination out of our heads. It's a long process. You know, people don't realize that you don't just wake up one day and say, oh, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. No. It's a a process. And and there's a lot of mental anguish that goes along with that because a lot of people truly love God. And then when they come to the conclusion that, you know what, I don't think I believe in this anymore, it's very painful because you feel like this, this huge part of your life is over. You, you you feel like maybe you've wasted a lot of time. You can't get that time back. You know, there, there's there's a lot that goes along with, you know, living a secular life. And all the people that grew that you grew up with in churches that had an influence on your raising, like Sunday school teachers, yes. camp counselors, all that stuff. You begin to question: Was that person 
like actually good or you begin to it's a lot of like wow was that you know it is it is very difficult to to question everything that you've been raised with and yeah and um, especially what does it do with your relationship with your families too you know most of us that 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 are atheists or secular, we get ostracized by our families. Uh, most of our families are polite enough to just leave us alone. But, you know, I've, yeah. I've heard the horror stories of how, you know, they'll get calls. They get, you know, Facebook bombed and trolled on the Internet all the time from their own family members. You're going to hell. you got to change. you got to do this. I mean, it, it, it's got to be very frustrating. And I, I mentioned last week briefly that my father is is, is a pastor and um, runs a seminary, yes. um, and and so I've mentioned that briefly. But I'm really lucky because my dad is an academic first and foremost. You know, he has faith, but he also like um, is open minded enough and educated enough to respect my journey. And but I, but he likes to tease me. He likes to tease me. So like on birthdays and stuff like that, I'll get cards in yeah. the mail about Jesus, about Jesus, and he'll be like, just checking, just reminding you, ah, uh-uh, you know. But I, I mean, I have it. I have it so good for a preacher's kid compared to other atheists with religious families. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. I got to give a shout out to my dad because he's actually one of those tolerable Christians that are just like, you're A-OK, buddy, you know? <laughs> and, and people should think, too, that we're not against, you know, all Christians in the South or, of or anywhere. You know, I of know course. many wonderful people that go to church. They're They're mm-hmm. just the best people. I love them with all my heart. They love me. Uh, we have great relationships. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's an Absolutely. ugliness to the fundamentalists that I just don't like, you know, an, an ugliness about the whole thing that just needs to, uh, you know, needs to. Well, away, really. I personally believe that it's abusive. Like the whole structure is raising people in a toxic relationship that's based on uh, people indoctrinating them and oppressing them with beliefs that aren't even accurate, you know, or, it's just not worth it. Religion can be very abusive to people. And um, oh, speaking of abuse, um, this week we had um, the some representatives from the Arkansas Children and Family Network come to our school and yes. talk to the uh, young ladies um, at, about uh, recognizing the red flags of abuse. And uh, I'm sorry, I just kind of went off topic there, but it was so, I I, I really, yeah, I really enjoyed the, um, the, and and my years of teaching, nobody has ever talked to these young ladies directly about this. And um, so, yeah, I was really talking about like abusive and toxic relationships and that, that reminded me of this awesome thing that Arkansas Children and Family Network came and did at our high school. And apparently they've been going around to a lot of the public schools talking to uh, teenage uh, girls and boys about how to recognize the signs of abuse, what to do if you find yourself in an abusive relationship. And, like, nobody ever did that for me. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to the Arkansas Family Network for doing this program. Um, and they that had really awesome. survivors. Yeah, it was awesome. I felt like this is what schools should also be doing besides teaching students reading, writing, math, 
et cetera, they need to be also teaching them about life because no one ever, a lot of kids are not directly um, taught these types of things. And I know that there are several young ladies that either are in abusive relationship or might find themselves in abusive relationship, and they will be able to recognize, hey, I remember that time that the lady came to the school and she said this was a red flag. And uh, they gave them out this um, chart, and it was like the cycle of abuse. And it was, like, really helpful. Like, shout out to Arkansas wow. Children and Family Network. Yeah, it was it was a very meaningful um, workshop, I guess is what you would call it. Um, and I, I, I cool. think, you know, I'm thankful to our school for allowing them to come and do it. So. Did they happen to mention toxic masculinity at all? Yes, they talked about, um, well, they gave the kids, they gave us scenarios and they said, was that abuse or whatever? And one of the things they talked about was like they would use those type of stereotypes with, um, I wouldn't say they went deep into toxic masculinity, but I felt like that they did um, touch on it because they were talking about this concept of side chicks. And how yes. being a side chick is not—that's actually abuse, and about a lot of that stuff. And um, uh, anyway, it was—it was really awesome. If you want to talk about toxic masculinity, I know it's something you care a lot about because you're your baby daughter. So go for yes. it on that. Yeah. Well, you know that's just something you look at other countries, uh, Europe, Japan, different places like that. Now they have their own issues. But a lot of other countries that have been around a lot longer than us have already gone through these growing pains. People forget that America is only 238 years old. We are an infant compared to most nations, and we're going through a lot of growing pains. If we're, if we're to survive, we're going to have to adopt a lot of the things that other countries have already gone through and done better with. One of those is toxic masculinity. We have a real, real serious issue here in this country with violence. And, it, again, Big it's time. in the music, it's in the television, video games, whatever. And I'm not one of those people that says that you need to ban all of these things because, you know, I enjoy an action flick every now and then. I like to play video games. But I do these things in moderation, you know. I also like to hike. I like nature. I love spending time with my family. Um, right. But here in America, again, we get back to individual rights People, you know, want to be able to do whatever they want and envelop themselves in these things. So they just want to watch action movies or they just want to play video games all the time. And these things can become toxic and they can affect your personality. They can affect how you treat other people, but especially young men and boys. Um, There's definitely a disconnect in how young men need to, you know, treat women in this country. Women are treated as property they are treated as objects. They're sexualized on hamburger commercials, and that's not the way it should be. I am a radical feminist. Uh, I have been for a while since I started getting into radical feminist theories and uh, looking into the original feminist movements of the 1960s uh, where they really pushed for equity, not just equality. Things need to right. be equal across the board so that everyone feels the same, whether it's pay, whether it's position, whether it's social status. And unfortunately, women don't have that, especially minority women. You know, that's double minority right there. Um, it's just uh, 
I, I, I wish that they would talk more about, uh, you know, the toxic masculinity because there's a thing. I, you know, I grew up with it. I was, I was raised by my grandfather. You know, be quiet. Keep your feelings inside. Don't cry. You know, be tough all the time. Oh, yeah. And it, that's and, very damaging and, to young men. Go ahead. And I, you know how strongly I feel about uh, women's rights and, and, and women's autonomy and, and how, how we talked extensively about this on our last uh, show. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I just want to be given the same um, – it's, it's like dignity. It's like, like I have the same uh, equity, like you said. It's like I just want yes. them to uh, – credibility. Credibility was the word I was looking for. Like yes. in a business and in the working world or in jobs everywhere, it's like when a woman says something, it doesn't have the same credibility as a man. And that is something yes. that has bothered me for life. And let me just say, Sean, because I don't want to do any man bashing because you're one of the good ones, but what yes. happens with all this toxic masculinity and raising boys not to have feelings and all this shit is that y'all actually don't grow up and are your no. women, your spouses or your partners, if you if you have to end up mothering you and like, yes. I don't want to be your mom. I don't want to be your mom. I want to be your partner. I want to like go no, through life together right. and like, I mean, I hate, I'm not man bashing Sean because there are good men in the world. I'm just saying I am yes. straight and I like men. I love men. But but I get tired of being like nurse, mommy, like I get tired of that shit. And it's because y'all have stunted emotions, like you're not fully actualized because of this well, are, masculinity problem. Well, men are yeah. taught to be emotionally retarded, and, and that's yeah. the absolute truth. We don't deal yeah. with our feelings. We don't cry. We have to bury everything inside. We don't talk to each other. There's no physical touch, uh, nothing. So, yeah. you know, everybody wants everyone in this country to be like John McClain, you know, the ultimate cool guy that can just take care of anything with a gun and he's tough and he, you know, he's just a complete badass. But again, that's Hollywood. You know, that's just a character. Yeah, and none of and, and exactly, and none of that is ahead. real. None of that is real. And if you're if you're looking around trying to figure out who the fuck you are because you weren't allowed to explore yes. that as you were growing up, and you you emulate you try to emulate those that are in your you know popular culture or whatever, and that's where the toxic masculinity in America comes from. So, and then it Absolutely. doesn't help that skin leader are. President, ugh, I hate saying it, 45, as many call him because he's the 45th, um, 45 yes. condones violence. He literally condones he it. And, like, that is not leadership. I mean, not only did he condone, oh, just hit him, I'll pay your legal fees back during the campaign. Yes. Or um, those sons of bitches should well, be fired. I mean, that is the same as violence. And um, well, when you said it before, when have, you said grab them by the pussy, I mean, he's telling people, oh, go yeah. ahead and assault women. They like it. You, yeah, you can do what you want if you're a star, quote, um, you know, yeah. and they let you do what you want if you're a star. And, I mean, he just advocates violence in every way, and that's why this Parkland shooter, which brings us around to that topic of the walkouts this week, the Parkland shooter yeah. was obsessed with this president. He would, like, make videos in his backyard and act out shit with his Make America Great hat on. And, I mean, this this president contributed to emboldening this young man's mental illness and problems 
stemming back from, you know, all kinds of issues. But, I mean, he was emboldened by this MAGA fury of, like, fuck it, we're taking back America for us and all that. And, you know, now we're resulted in 17 people's deaths. So I'm sorry, but yes. the president is directly, directly, he is very irresponsible with talking about issues of violence. And he doesn't care about threatening people. He bullies people online. He's just a giant douchebag bully. And I hate to just yes. talk like that. Like, it kind of cheapens my argument, and I get that. But, like, I literally yeah. don't have any academic intellectual points to make about this shitty ass president. I'm sorry. I just well, I, like literally I would, what I else would, can we say? Well I would honestly yeah. say that he's the most emotionally retarded man that's in the United States right now. And it's his own fault. Because <laughs> yeah. again again in our day and age we should all be able to educate ourselves to some point or another. We all have fucking smartphones. And if you have some type yeah. of issue in your life, you can Google that shit or Bing, whatever you want. <laughs> you know, you're having problems yeah. with your marriage. Look up emotional intimacy, you know, and it will give yeah. you just yeah. hundreds of pages so that you can deal with things with you and your partner. Or, you know, let's just say you have anger issues, books, videos, you name well, it. Everything's there. I mean, it, well, the knowledge Sean, of the world is would... in the palm of your hand. Well, but Sean, he'd have to read. And reading is hard for the president. He don't like to read. Yeah. Well, some, he, he's rich enough. He could pay someone to read it to him, you know? Oh, I mean, word. If he could pay there's, attention. There's no they excuse. Say, yeah. They say he can't pay well, attention very long. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, would, I would agree. I mean, from the things that I've seen and read about him, it, it is pretty bad. But, you know, one of my favorite films of all time, and I think it's a really good film – even though it's extremely violent, um, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, when they show him oh, being I captured by the movie. Japanese, yeah, when yeah, he's captured by the movie. Japanese, he has to spend a few months in their encampment, and they treat him with utter respect. They treat him, you know, with uh, uh, kindness in everything that they do. I mean, he crosses the line a couple of times, gets yelled at, you know, he gets hit with a stick once because he's doing something wrong. But for the most part, they treat him with dignity. They treat him as a human being. Uh, but, but he he earned the respect by killing another warrior. You know, besides the fact he had to live in that widow's home and she had to take care of him. But there's something about that. Now, I'm not saying Japanese culture is perfect because it's extremely misogynist, especially in that day and age. But there are things about film, especially in art, film, we can take the best from and try to make that a better system for ourselves you know that that's the type of things that i wish that they would teach young men how to be respectful give 100 percent in everything that you do really focus on your family you know i hate to use that uh terminology based on what you know it's named after but uh really focus on the things that are important to you sometimes it's very hard because it's extremely distracting i mean all of us have had those times where we come home we veg out on facebook all day that sucks right you know, for the people that, you know, that are in our lives that surround us, um, it, it, it can be difficult. But if you work hard and you're determined to do these things, you can make your life better and people around you as well. And that's all I'm saying. You know, with the with the smartphone, we have the ability to learn and do those things. Um, we're coming down to one hour. I have to play uh, an advertisement real quick. It will just be on for about 39 seconds. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Got when we get back, we'll hit your next subject. All right, here All we go. Right. Are you looking for the best deals for your vaping? Needs? 
accessories, then check out the guys at Sub On Vapors. With daily specials on a wide selection of mods and juices, they will surely become your one-stop shop. Ray and the guys at Sub On Vapors, located at 6929 JFK Boulevard, Suite C in North Little Rock, Arkansas, want to see you. Join them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but more importantly, visit the store or call 501-392-6487. Sub On Vapors. Vape it like you built it. And that was Brad Hicks, one of the other hosts of one of the other shows that we have here on Talk Radio 49. Again, if you guys want to call in and talk to Michael or myself, the number is 347-989-1171. We would love to talk to you, debate, whatever you like. Give us your opinion. Tell us what you think about what we've been talking about today. All right, go ahead, Micah. Well, I was going to bring up our favorite show, Sean, because you were talking about patriarchy and misogyny, The Handmaid's Tale, Season 2. Nice. Coming back yes. in April. I can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be yeah, how so ter- lit. How, how <laughs> terrifying is, is that show when you realize that the vice president of the United States really believes the country should be that way? Oh, yeah. Well, like I mentioned earlier, they believe that they have been given a mandate to be the godhead of the family, whatever the fuck that means. Um, And, I mean, you know, we talked about last week about the Southern Baptist Convention, how, you know, they still don't allow women to preach or teach. Um, Basically, women are not good enough to speak (laughs) for God. Um, Well, at least they're following the Bible, though. Well, right, right, right. And with the Bible, the Bible is one of the most misogynistic texts of 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 history, literally. Um, yeah, it and, is. Uh, there's um, a video that came out a while back. It was on YouTube. I was watching, and this guy took verses out of the Bible, and of course, it was over in Europe. And he just walked up to people randomly, and he said, "Hey, you know, uh, read these texts." And of course, everybody read the text. There's about 17 texts on this thing, and he says, "Now tell me if those came from the Bible or the Quran." Everybody was like, oh, that's the Quran. But no, it was actually nope. the Bible. No, yeah. it was actually the Bible. And, I mean, yeah. this whole shit about women should have their heads covered and shit and in church and all that shit and never cut their hair. I mean, you know, if I understand some of these religions. We're uh, down here, um, Pentecostal and Assemblies of God. They both believe in the the the, the worst. not cutting your hair and all that. I know, I know. Look, I have family members that are Pentecostal. I think that's cute and all, and you have the right to be. But um, the women are so downtrodden, and oh, it's just such a. I believe, I personally believe that religions like Pentecostal, especially literally are made because men want to rule over women. Like I believe that misogyny is what holds up that religion and what makes it popular and why women oh, absolutely. participate in that. I mean, and we could go into Pentecostal for days. Cause I mean, like I said, it's big down here in the South and I have family yeah. members that are Pentecostal and Oh, gosh. Oh, ooh, ooh, and, ooh, and, and again, don't get us here. wrong. I mean, I know we're bashing a lot of Christianity, you know, because that's what we're surrounded with. That's the majority of the religious people around here. But we don't view uh, religion in a positive manner at all. Most religions are absolute poison altogether. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, I guess that's a problem with liberalism that I have, too, especially with women that wear uh, hijabs. 
I think that's what it, how it's yeah. pronounced. Uh, the Muslim women, yeah. you know, they say it's empowering and they can do what they want. Well, if they want to choose to do that, that's fine. But it's really a form of oppression. And I, I, yeah. I wish liberals yeah. especially wouldn't try to support women oppressing themselves by choice. I just think that's kind of stupid and it's a little hypocritical on our side, you know. Well, I, I tell you, it's a place that I have a hard time, uh, Sean, because um, I do believe that there is a blurring of the lines between with hijab, hijab uh, hijabs, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, but um, there's a blurring of the line there because I also believe not only is it part of their faith, but it's also part of their culture. I'm like, who am mm-hmm. I to say, you know, that that, like, for example, if somebody was to tell me I couldn't get my nails did every two weeks like I do, yes. Sean, yes. I'd be like, get out of my face with that. Now, I get your point, but it is like, mm -hmm. as a woman, like, it's hard because I don't know if that is directly from the religion. I mean, and if a woman says, I want to wear this, like, I just believe women should be respected. And you're right, though. If it is a, if if they are, quote, unquote, brainwashed already, or their culture raised them to be subservient, and that's why they like it then that, that is That's a blurred line it. that I have, yeah, I have problems reconciling because I'm like, yeah. your social conditioning made you think you want to wear it, but do you really? See, that's not for me to say. And that's why I'm just yes. like, go wear it, girl. You know, that, again, that's where I again, saw the line. Yeah. Yeah. And again, here in America, especially down here in the South, where Christianity is the majority, they don't realize that. You know, you're only the religion you are because you were born here. Your parents right. were that religion. If you right. had been born in the Middle East, you would probably be Jewish or you could be right. uh, Muslim or even an Orthodox Christian, you know, because there's a lot of Orthodox Christians in the Middle East. Uh, again, if you were in India, you could be, uh, you know, uh, Buddhist or uh, – gosh, now I can't even think. Well, I was going to say, if you were born in Vietnam, you would definitely be Buddhist. All the Vietnamese people that or I Muslim. know in Arkansas are, yeah, are yeah. Buddhist, and we have a Buddhist temple here in Benton that's really, really elaborate, beautiful um, yes. Buddhist temple, believe it or not. <laughs> it's right and next a- door to the Bryant yes. Transportation Hub where they park all their school buses, which is hilarious yes. to me, but anyway. <laughs> No, and that and that's a funny thing too because people look at Buddhism and they think, oh, it's Eastern philosophy. It's about meditation and peace and things like that. But they tend to forget there are Buddhists right now that are actively at war with Muslims and murdering Muslims. Yeah. Oh, so there's not a religion out there that is perfect. There's not a religion out there that is just you know harmonious with the universe and everything like that. They all have their issues. And one of the things that did turn me off to Buddhism is the misogynistic attitude that they have towards women. I didn't like that at all. It soured me really badly once I figured it out, you know, because I I have looked at a lot of different religions. And, you know, again, that's why I look at all religion as poison because they all have just this negative, you know, baggage that comes with them. Uh, Again, if it's a part of the culture, should a woman be able to wear a hijab? Well, part of our culture was owning other people. So I think it comes down to a moral level. Yeah, I think it comes down to morality. It, it, is yeah, it and, is she wearing it so that she won't offend a man and make him have an erection, or is she wearing it because she feels beautiful? Well, if she feels beautiful, then by all means. But if it's because she doesn't yeah. want to arouse a man, I'm sorry, that dude needs to get the fuck over it. Yeah, I mean, 
there's really not anything that you can do to keep a man from getting aroused. So the idea that putting on a headscarf would do that in the first place is hilarious because y'all, y'all dudes are easily manipulated when it comes to the penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, even over in Islam, uh, <laughs> you know, in the, in, the, in the Middle Eastern countries, I was just reading about one of their clerics talking about how, uh, you know, men need to grow their beards because a man with a cleanly shaven face can actually turn on another man. Well, I mean, hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, that's so funny. Well, let, uh, I wanted to talk about those walkouts, Sean, uh, those oh, students yeah, yeah. this week. All over the country, I mean, as a teacher of high school students, I have never been prouder Um, But I tell you, we had a little controversy in the little state of Arkansas, as usual, because in Greenbrier, Arkansas, I'm sorry, Green, was it Greenbrier or Greenwood? Yeah. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I think it's Greenwood. Greenbrier. These three students walked out and um, against the rules and um, they were threatened and they were given two choices and it was like detention or paddling paddling and they were like go on they were like go ahead and paddle me and I can't believe we're having this discussion in 2018 why are they paddling people but in in Arkansas you can sign a waiver to allow your kids to be paddled in the schools I, yes, I, you, you, you can allow your child to have corporal punishment in this state uh, if that's what you so desire. And, you know, it's, it's crazy because, you know, these, these kids were only protesting against violence, and yet they were treated with violence because of it. So true. So true. Oh, it's just it – just, why has it got to be Arkansas, Sean? Why? Every time <laughs> – Cause, I mean, well, it man, could be Mississippi. Some, right. Well, I mean, but seriously, though, I mean, there are some great, enlightened, intelligent, wonderful people in Arkansas. We have a staunch liberal community. We have a staunch yes. progressive community. We have a staunch atheist community. We are not all bumpkins who don't know shit. Like, we're, we're at, and it's always, why has it got to be Arkansas, Sean? Why? It's just. You know, it is what it is. It's crazy. I don't understand it myself. Uh, uh, Um, That that conservative vibe, just wanting to, you know, uh, again, I mean, let's think about this. Make America great again. What does that really mean? You know, we break. It's dog whistle politics code. Dog whistle politics. but, But when you really break it down and you ask yourself, when was America actually great? Yeah. Well, it was it was uh, great for a few select people that happened to be white and wealthy. Right. But right. for the rest, it hasn't always been that great, especially minorities. No. So well, that should have been know. a red flag immediately when they said that. That's I, I just don't well, know how that got I, around everybody. And until until we have universal health care. For all of our citizens, we don't need to be talking shit about being great at shit. I mean, I'm sorry, but we don't even take care of our own people. So, you know, we have some great qualities, but saying we're great like we're some great all over the world. Uh, I personally would want to live in the Netherlands where they got everything, right? 
No, I I, oh, I get it. Okay. I I definitely do because that you know I've looked into that and I've you know given up on it just for the fact that I didn't want to give up on where I live. I would rather I know. be a person of change here to make things better than to give up altogether and leave. Even though it would be so right. easy. And it would be so much better to be around there. And, of course, the argument on their side is uh, the conservative side. Well, they're more alike. They have more, you know, whites. And so the majority right. of people feel that they're they're all alike, so they want to take care of each other. Well, you know what? We need to get rid of this, you know, division of what we believe as far as differences in everybody because scientifically and genetically we are all the same. And that's what people right. need to realize. It's one planet. We have nowhere else to go, and we have to start taking care of it and each other. So true. And, yeah, and then our, our the way we treat the environment is pretty poor as well. That's a good point to bring up. Yeah, that's yeah, another man, thing with this are, asshole in chief. That's he's, he's just turning over everything so that they can just destroy it as quickly as possible. And it's so asinine. I don't understand it. Well, these young people are giving me hope for the future. I'll tell you that. They gave no fucks this week. They were out there, man. And um, uh, shout out to the Arkansas schools that did support their students um, in walking out. For example, Central Historic Central High School, where um, yes. people, uh, the, Little Rock, the Little Rock Nine, um, famous uh, uh, desegregation uh, debacle and, and victory. Um, Central allowed their students to come out, protest, student-led with bullhorns. They had signs. They allowed them to come out. They allowed them that time. Um, the school that I worked at, uh, work at um, allowed a – if students wanted to participate in, a, in a, an assembly, we're out in the country, so, like, we really didn't have a reason to go outside. So we walked out to the gym, and we um, the principal allowed all the students that wanted to to get on the mic and speak. Um, it was not like a four thing. It was just any students that wanted to come to the gym could participate. And all these articulate students got on the mic and said wonderful things. A student from JROTC program got up and said they wanted to give a honor to the kids that that died that was JROTC um uh, saving his peers at Parkland and so I got to give a shout out to the schools that um in Arkansas that did support these students voices um and it was it was great and seeing all the footage on the news it just made me so happy inside the future is yeah, it bright. does give you hope the future is bright. yeah sure it does. does it does give you hope and then you know, the, I saw some more footage of, you know, a woman in, in, in Congress, you know, speaking out and her words were, how dare these children tell us what to do? How dare they try to tell the adults that run things how to make mm. this place better? And mm. it's like, really, are you serious? How many women are in Congress? You're going to sit up there right. and say that? And, and how right. many women are in Congress? I just I, I was dumbfounded. I was completely blown away by that. The cruelty of her tone and, you know, how she just demeaned these very courageous young people, you know, as just kids. They're just kids. We don't need to listen to them. We'll keep going. Well, you know what? Kids grow up and kids remember. 
and, and these kids are going to be something to be reckoned with. Generation X may not have done it. Generation uh, Y or the millennials may not have done it. But I think this next generation, they're going to rise up and they're going to do some really awesome things because they're going to have the support of the millennials and they're going to have the support of Generation X. Man, I the baby tell you, boomers and, are and uh, like almost I, extinct. Yeah, and, you know, I – have chosen this calling it's it's a calling and career to work with young people and so like it just made my heart completely full because it's my life's work and to see it so positively displayed like that and shout out to New York City who literally was like fuck it y'all all walk out like that was awesome and um, yeah. there was a one video I watched um, of like some high school kids were out there demonstrating and down the street walks this elementary school and it was all these little bitty kids and they had signs and it was like protect us and the, the high schoolers went crazy and yeah it just warmed my heart it just warmed my heart it's really really it was a really good week for teachers to get that type of um, uh Thing. Oh, but oh, but then we had a setback with Betsy DeVos's interview on 60 Minutes. What? Yeah. She is an idiot. Oh, she's so dumb. She needs to go. She is nothing. She doesn't know anything. Right. She's literally it said in her interview she's never visited a failing school. What is wrong with you? She said that. I mean, isn't you? she the secretary yeah. of education? Yeah, I think that's she said, the well, first I place I would go. Yeah, she said I haven't directly been to that, but I mean, literally, Sean, that is what this idiot said. Like, and uh, she got put it through the ringer. Like, watching it was like cringe, cringing. Not because I'm a teacher, not because I disagree with her politics. It was literally like, bitch, sounds stupid. You know what I mean? Like, literally, it's, like, hard to watch. It's, like, super awkward. You should go back and watch it, John, because um, they, they, they didn't, it was embarrassing. So you're saying it was like, it, it was like watching Corey Feldman on the Today Show last year. Oh, man, yeah. It was, like, awkward. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, Oh, yeah, I'll have man. to check yeah. that out on the old YouTube and, and, and see what she actually said, and I'll probably react exactly the way you did just cringing oh, the whole yeah. time and and um speaking of 60 minutes interviews there's the big 60 minutes interview with stormy daniels coming up next sunday it'll probably be Good. airing when we're doing our podcast um but anderson gotcha. cooper is guest interviewing her for 60 minutes so good that for should her be for interesting. finally speaking out yeah, because, I mean, I love Anderson Cooper. He is such a good journalist. Um, but, silver yeah, that, that'll be pretty good. Yeah, the Silver Fox. Yes. Uh, oh. No, that will that, um, pretty good. Hopefully it's eye-opening to the rest of the country. I mean, I, you know, and, and I think hopefully the closer to November that we get, the more of these that we're going to see. We're going to start seeing people do more interviews about the internal workings of the White House, the revolving door of his administration, how they're just, you know, I've picked the greatest people ever, and they're fired, you know, a few months later, a year later. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. We have become the laughing stock of the world because of this man. It's, yeah, I think November is uh. going to be a 
fastball to him. He's going to be scared. He's already trying to uh, get prepped for 2020, and uh, he better do something very impressive if he wants to win because I don't think that he's going to this next time around. Oh, gosh, no. I mean, he – I mean, ooh, I, it's definitely a mandate. The uh, left side of the aisle is very motivated right now um, because they want him to not have power. And the Republicans are just sticking their thumbs in their ass and being like, okay, turn the other way. Blur, 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 blur. There, no, like, rare, very little of them are sending up to this president. And we need a check on his – crazy we need a check on that a check and balance and it's just like friday him him or uh gloating about the mccabe firing he he i mean he ordered sessions to do it and um uh i heard that uh they made it they do a skit on saturday night live i haven't watched it yet but i'll go back watch it i love saturday night live they're doing a great job with the political satire since trump became president but yeah they um, are yeah, they really are. And um, but yeah, this McCabe firing. So like, here's my thoughts on it. So I know that you know I work in a government capacity. Let's just say that if they want to find something on you to get rid of you, they can do that. Or for other people that they like, they can just ignore little things. Well, I, the analogy yeah. I'm going for here is clearly. Trump was wanting some sort of revenge on McCabe. He doesn't like McCabe, et cetera. So they want to pick out some penny any shit. Normally wouldn't be a problem because it'd be one of those things that you like sweep under the rug in a bureaucracy, but they, they oh, yeah. want to use it against them. Now I'm not saying McCabe's like some perfect individual because nobody is, but what I'm saying is this shit would not normally be a problem if Trump didn't want him punished. And it's just, uh, we should be very afraid when somebody's two days from retirement and the president wants to be petty as fuck and take that person's pension. Like, th- this is no, a I scary think... time. Scary time, Sean. Well, I mean, the, you can take that all the way back to the 90s during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Uh, the whole time that I was in the military, you know, roughly 10 years, um, I never saw a homosexual, gay, lesbian be kicked out under don't ask don't tell now i saw i saw some fuck-ups some guys that were doing some really stupid shit get accused of being gay and they were kicked out under don't ask don't tell so you know again yeah they will find whatever they want to get somebody out otherwise i mean i served with a lot of gays and lesbians when i was in the military nobody gave a shit nobody cared we didn't witch hunt these people or try to get them kicked out because they did their fucking jobs so, yeah, yep. you're absolutely right. They will find what they can to get rid of anybody. And it, it's definitely that way in the school system. I actually know someone recently who was gotten rid of, as they say, um, with uh, by some pit, petty ass shit. I'm not going to go into the details. But, I mean, they can do it. They'll, they'll find a way to, you know, and there's due process, thankfully, for teachers, um, especially thanks to, you know, the history of unions, which we talked about. Uh, on our yes. last show, but um, you know there is due process. But I mean, I don't think he's going to win this one because it, it like I said, it was something that would not have been a deal if they not had an axe to grind against him. You know, so yeah. Well, again, it, it it just goes to show the vile pettiness of the man, and 
uh, his emotional retardation, as we have talked about. And, and, you know, and in music, the retard, R-I-T-A-R-D, is to slow down. And yes. so that's a perfect, a perfect uh, analogy there. Um, I wanted to read, I'm looking it up right now, the McCabe statement, because I thought it was very, um, it's a little short statement that he put out. Um, yeah, here it is. Okay. Uh, he said, dude, just kidding. It's a whole entire article. I'm trying to find it. But he basically said that his family has been put through such hell um, over all these lies and things about him that have tried to tarnish his reputation for all these years and Mm -hmm. that um, he didn't want to, like, fight out against it because he didn't want to distract from the mission um, of the, the FBI. And he was trying to keep them on the focus of not make himself the focus. And, um, and, uh, I thought that was really tame, but he said no more. And like, then it, then it came out that he has contemporaneous memos on Trump, just like Comey had, and that he's already talked to Mueller and given Mueller the memo. So, uh, oh, he said that, I'm trying to read the part about his family. Uh, that was really, it really started to think about it because he's got kids and a wife. And, like, gosh, I mean, just because the president's mad because he's being investigated, you know, it was a really yeah. good statement. But he basically said the gloves are off, bitch. Well, <laughs> they, know? Uh, I, I, read, I read today that a Democrat has actually stepped up to protect him and uh, try to save his pension so that they're going to be able to do that today. Um, I'm not 100% right. sure if that's going through, but hopefully, I mean, you, you spend 20-something years – serving your country and you've earned this pension it shouldn't be taken away because some asshole's mad at you that's bullshit yeah yeah uh, it's uh, i mean p- americans should be very very uncomfortable with this and my question is when is the right the right as in pol- politically when are they going to be like yo that this is raising an eyebrow like cuz it feels like well, they're not it really does well, Chris- the exception of like outliers like John McCain. Well, I think, uh, you know, Chris and I have talked about this a lot, and we're both under the same opinion that once the GOP, the conservatives, the Republicans get everything they want out of this president, they're going to turn on him quick and have him impeached. And not until then, That's, because they have enough on him I to get rid of him if they theory. want to right now. But, but again, yeah, look like at what they theory. are getting this tax plan that's hurting the middle class, the environmental issues, uh, the free market issues, all the things that they are finally getting that they, you know, have been fighting for for so long. And again, yeah, he's pro- he may not even make it to the next election. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I hadn't thought about it like, like that this week. Um, speaking of theories, I wanted I forgot to forgot to mention this to you earlier. So you know that Vanessa Trump, which is the wife of Donald Trump Jr., is divorcing him. Now, honestly, yes. So honestly and truthfully, I would normally not take any sort of attention or pleasure to these things because I believe it's a private matter, you know. But I have two theories, Sean, on this. 
my first theory is maybe she legitimately is once out and she's legitimately divorcing him. And maybe she's also concerned because of all the financial investigations going on, like Mueller just subpoenaed the Trump Organization financial records. Um, maybe she's worried there's not going to be any money, so she's got to leave. Maybe it's legitimate, okay? My second theory yeah. is, hmm, how do I protect our money? Hmm, I can divorce Donald, and he can make this huge agreement settlement to give me the money and promise me the money, and then the government can't take it. That's my second theory. Now, granted, I have nothing but but a hunch. No, no facts, nothing to back this up. But I found yeah. it very odd that all of a sudden they're getting a divorce. Just saying, just saying. Well, I mean, again, we don't have any facts or anything to go on. You can't base any decision on that. So, I mean, it, it is a weird time, you know, uh, as far as, you know, Trump's in the White House, everything's going his way, the family's way, all this stuff. It doesn't make a lot of sense why this would happen unless he's extremely abusive, uh, like his father seems to be. Or, like you said, there's some ulterior motive to try to protect what assets that they have, because don't put it past a Trump to try to do whatever he can to save his money. I mean, look at Donald. He's done it how many times? How many times did he uh, fall for bankruptcy? Eight? Eight times? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then then we know because he won't release his tax returns that he does tax evasion and tax fraud and and things that that loopholes takes advantage of loopholes and you know this is something that maybe we don't understand sean because we've never been extremely wealthy but i'm sure that their marriage could even be a business arrangement on the front end i mean we've never had to put millions of dollars so you know but i mean it makes sense to me because i see a lot of rich people doing crazy things to protect their money so I just wouldn't That's be surprised true. if if Miss Vanessa is in on trying to protect this money from being taken by the government. Because exactly. man, it and, seems and, like yeah. Well, well, speaking of trying to save money by rich people, I'm sure mm-hmm. you heard about this uh, just like I did, and it broke my heart. Toys R Us is going out of business. Oh, it makes me sad. Yeah, and these are the same people. These are the same people that bought KB Toys back in the '80s and destroyed that business. They have done the exact same thing to Toys R Us. Yeah, and you know, just the other day, it was like three, four days ago. Yeah, my my wife and I, we took the kids. We went into Toys R Us. We walked around, and man, we were just so sad because it's like, again, it's like Stephen Hawkins. This has been a part of my life. All my entire life, you know, I want to be a Toys R Us kid, and now it's going to go away. You know, it's just, how can they do that? You know, it it, it was a great business, and it was a successful business and a profitable business. And the Toys R Us that's over in North Little Rock, Arkansas, which is north of the river for those not around here, um, that was right down the, you know, where I lived. I grew up in North Little Rock. And in high school, that was like one of the little fun things we would do as teenagers is go hang out in Toys R Us and play with stuff. And it's just like a big part of our childhood, big part of our upbringing for our age group for sure. But, you know, I am just as guilty of being a big Amazon shopper and those types of things contributed to the lack of, of need for, for these type of, of stores. And so I'm sad because I think they said 33,000 employees 
Um, yes. And that that's just that's devastating. Um, but did you well, it, also it see is. Sean that the did you uh-huh. see that the CEOs are paying themselves though, but no severance for the thirty three thousand workers. No, so no, no, no. I but did, they get fourteen I, I, million to walk away. Exactly. I don't like that very yeah. much. But now here's the crazy thing though. Uh Amazon and the internet really hadn't affected Toys R Us's sales. They were still profitable when they were bought. This company just does mm. this. They buy these companies, and because of the debt that they have, they dump the debt onto these companies, making it so that they're insolvent, making it so that they have to shut them down. Toys R Us, if they hadn't well, been bought by this group, would still be in business. Aw, that, that's just a shame. That, that's that's it malpractice. Absolutely. It's malpractice. Yeah, yeah well, it's terrible. Well, also so, – also on the uh, entertainment uh, pop culture front, have you seen the controversy about Katy Perry uh, kissing this uh, boy on American Idol? Or I this know, young I man? See it, but I kind of I kind of scrolled through and kind of you know read it, and I was just like, huh. I'll get back to that, which I didn't. But what what happened exactly? Okay, it's young man. Okay, so American Idol has a new reboot show, and Katy yeah. Perry is one of the judges. Yeah, she's one of the judges, and this young man had made it to the audition room, you know, because they're in audition phase, and he talked about how he's never had a girlfriend, and he really believes in, like, the sanctity of, of, of the process of finding a quality mate, and that he was traditional, and that he had never had his first kiss. So Katy Perry was like, oh, and she was like, oh, that's so cute, you can kiss me, or whatever, and or I'll kiss you, and he was like... Uh, no thanks, basically, um, I'm paraphrasing, of course, the story. But she said, well, yeah. can you kiss me on the cheek? She said, can you kiss me on the cheek? And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. So he goes up to her at the desk and goes to kiss her on the cheek, and she, like, turns her face to where you do the kiss on the mouth. You know, people do that, kind of like a little joke. Well, mm-hmm. he. He came out afterwards saying that he was completely uncomfortable. Apparently, this young man is conservative and traditional, and he wanted his first kiss to be special, which is his right to wow. do so. And yeah. people are people are calling it assault, and because he did not consent, it wasn't funny to him. And she kissed him right on the mouth, and he he oh, he has spoken out about it. Yeah. That's that, that's I, definitely unfortunate for her and and him. Um, everybody has a right to their belief and what they want to do. She shouldn't have violated that. I mean, that's just her being an asshole at that point. You know, like, oh, I'm going to yeah, do this thing I, because I'm on TV or whatever. I think she was trying to be cute, and she did not think yeah. about those implications. And you know, I, I, I just don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I, I I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around it because. That young man had the has the right to feel the way he does, and well, if I we turn that made, around, and it, if it had been, uh, yeah, but if that had been Lionel Richie and he did that to a young girl, I think there'd be an Absolutely. uproar about it, you know, and they'd be Absolutely. talking about, you know, hey, we're trying to stop all of this, but you know, because right. Katy Perry is who she is, she may get a pass on this, which, you know, I don't want her to be fired or anything. This is her job. This is what she's doing. I mean, she's got plenty of money, but still, you know, she should apologize publicly and at least say, hey, I was an asshole. Yeah. 
Exactly. It was an asshole movement, a moment where you make a dumb decision in the moment and it has strong implications. So just own that shit. And so I'm sure she will. Um, as of right now, I have not seen that she has made a statement about it, but man, yeah. I, 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 I feel so bad for that dude. He held on to something that he felt was sacred for so long and she ruined it. You know, that's, it's just, I don't like that. Yeah, no, if it was a guy that. and did it to a girl, we'd be having it. That person would be on the chopping block. So I think so. I, I, yeah, and I don't want to try to say that it's a double standard or anything because, you know, millions of people like Katy Perry or whatever, and they're just looking at it like, oh, well, she just made a mistake. Cool, whatever. But, again, she should just come out and say, hey, I'm an asshole, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm still, wait- I'm still waiting for Mel Gibson to do it. He still hasn't done it yet, so we'll see if that oh. ever happens. Oh, there's so many of those, um, so many of those in our in our pop culture. Uh, again, because of toxic masculinity. Um, yeah. But on that note, I wanted to talk. Uh, have you seen any of the Oscar films that were in the Oscar running this year, Sean? You know, no, honestly, I hadn't. This is one of the first years I hadn't seen at least one or two of the films, um, and I'm right. surprised because the one that. Uh, one best picture, uh, what is it? Something in the water. It looks like. The Shape like, of Water. Yeah, The Shape of Water. It looked like they took a character from Hellboy and made a prequel. But I'm not absolutely sure ah. about that because it, it looked very similar to that, that, that uh, amphibious creature that was in Hellboy. So I was confused because uh, Del Toro was the director of Hellboy. So was it a prequel? Oh. Uh, maybe so. I'm not one of those people that gets into like like nerd culture behind the scenes. Oh, that's but me that all the way. Like yeah, I want to Google. That seems like I want to well, Google did, that because um, I did watch. Did he have? Did he have psychic waters. powers? Uh, he had powers to heal. Like he could. Okay. He had definitely had powers. Like he could heal people okay. and um, but but yeah, so. I kind of caught up this week on my Oscar film watching. I watched I, Tanya, which is about Tanya okay. Harding and the Nancy Kerrigan incident that happened at the Olympics in the uh, early 90s. And I think I it was that was good. 90s. Yeah. Oh, gosh. The soundtrack alone, like it's got all that classic rock, like from, yeah. that, from the 80s and stuff. Oh, it's so good. But let me just tell you, I watched them all. I pretty much watched all the Oscar films now. And I, Tanya, was the best. I loved really? it. Really? I loved it. It was just raw and such powerful acting. And, like, it was tongue-in-cheek. Like, it didn't take itself too seriously. Like, they would break the fourth wall, and they would, like, look at the camera, and they'd be like, and then right. I did something really dumb. And I just, but it was also very serious because her husband, like, really abused her, and I don't remember that part of the story. And I do remember vividly the Nancy Kerrigan uh, incident and everything. I do remember that Olympics. Um, But that was fantastic. But The Shape of Water, I really wanted to talk about that because um, it did win Best Picture, and it is um, a beautiful film if you enjoy metaphor, if you enjoy yes. um, that kind of thing, because basically she falls in love with this creature 
being housed by the government, the military has it because, you know, of the implications of this creature. And it's like a man fish. And okay. um, she works at the she works at the facility where it's being held. She's a custodian there, and she is mute, so she can hear, but she can't speak. And so she uses sign language a lot. So she develops this relationship with the manfish, um, uh, and she uh, they don't give it a name. That's why I keep calling it a manfish. And she gotcha. so she um. She starts teaching it sign language, communicate, and then they're okay. going to kill it. They're going to kill it. So she's like, uh, her and her friends decide to get him out of there, and and that's kind of the Free plot. Willy, I don't right? want to give too much away. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but like everybody that's important in the story is like a representation of an outcast. Like it was the fifties, or yeah, it was the. Uh, yeah 50s so yeah it was the 50s and so that's another aspect of it i love all the old cars and the, the, the outfits the costumes i love good historical accuracy i love it so much but um the villain guy is a douchebag white misogynist prick okay and he's like Got the you. guy that's supposed to be keeping the fish guarded and everything and he's just a dick who abuses it and he goes home, oh. and he's a dick to his wife and, and all this stuff. So he's the protagonist, you know. And then, but, yeah. you know, and but then this little band of outcasts, the mute girl, her black friend, who at that time didn't have a lot of rights, and her gay friend, uh, who is the next-door neighbor of her apartment, and they all band together. And the metaphor that I saw of it is that, you know, they triumph over – the ones that were really winning in that time frame, which were white males and dick ass gotcha. douchebag white males. And then of course <laughs> there's the other metaphor of um, love is love. Cause she does fall in love with this creature. And it's just like, so many people have criticized the film as being slow and like uh, too weird for them and I just found it beautiful. It was just beautiful. I can see why it won the award. Um so if that sounds interesting to anyone, I would say don't listen to the haters. Go watch the film. It was really interesting and it had a lot of historical uh accuracy like soda shops and beautiful fifties iconic dresses and I just loved it. I loved it. So. That sounds awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. Go get it at Redbox. Yeah, it's at Redbox, I heard. I heard it is at Redbox, uh, so you can get it. Or I, Tanya, one of them's at Redbox. But uh, I – now, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> she's in love with a fish creature, and that's all I'm going to say about that. So those without okay. an open mind do not need to see the film. <laughs> you need to get that's your great. mind open. Now, when I when I was watching the Oscars, I have to say that I was definitely rooting for uh, Peel's uh, Get Out. I wanted that to win Best Picture, and he did get Best uh, Screenwriter, uh, I believe. He yeah. won an Oscar, and and I was very happy oh. about that. But I have I have to say I was I was truly disappointed that Daniel Day Lewis did not win uh, an Oscar for his final role. 
Um, the fact that he's been up for Oscars and won so many. He's such a talented actor. One of the best of oh, our generation. Oh, he's one of my favorite. Um, the 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 blood the blood and oil movie where he plays the oil tycoon bastard in a basket. Yes. Back, oh, I love there, that movie. There, there will be blood. That's yeah. I I own that. There will one. be yeah. blood. Yeah, there will be blood. I couldn't think of the name of it. Yeah. Oh God, I love him. Yeah, I know. But you know the work that Gary Oldman did in Darkest Hour, the transformation that he made to look like. Um, why is his name escaping me right now? The dude from Great Britain, The Darkest Hour. It's about a the famous prime minister. Why can't I think of it? Um, World War Two. Uh, yeah, Churchill. It's World War Two. Hold on, Churchill. Yeah, thank you. Churchill. Why, uh, yeah. The work that he did to transform himself into Churchill is like amazing work, and so I do know why he was honored. But you're right, Daniel Day Lewis okay. is amazing. Oh, I love him. Oh, yeah. The first film I ever saw him in was uh, My Left Foot. And if you haven't seen it, it it is on Netflix. Go see it immediately. Just stop what you're doing. It's one of the best films that's ever been made, if you love dramas, which I do. That's my favorite type of film. Uh, But, yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis has been single-handedly my favorite actor throughout my life. And, uh, man, I just... I, I again, I hope that he would have got it for his last film, but you know, I need to see this one with Gary Oldman because I do like him too, and I think he's a phenomenal actor as well. I always enjoyed him yeah. as a professional. I thought he was the perfect bad guy. I just loved his yeah. role in the professional. Well, you know, he's played so many important roles, like not necessarily Oscar roles, but like if it wasn't for Gary Oldman, we wouldn't have a lot of the best villains out there. Um, yeah, he played so, Dracula, yeah. he, he, uh, Beethoven, uh, My Beloved, that was uh, a great film. Um, uh, he just did this run with, uh, you know, the Batman films, which I didn't enjoy as much, but, uh, you right. know, just the diversity of the roles that he's had, it's just been phenomenal, you know, uh, The Fifth Element, he was the uh, bad guy in that, that was a really yeah. good film. Well, uh, what was I going to say? The uh, My favorite Daniel Day-Lewis movie is actually Gangs of New York. Woo, that's a good that's movie. That's a good movie. Oh, Lincoln was good. It's on, it's on Netflix as well. So Yes, and so uh, Lincoln just came out too. It's on Netflix as well, so people need to see that one too. Uh, I own that one also, so. Oh yeah, Lincoln. Lincoln's a great film. I haven't seen that in years. I, I have to go revisit that yeah. in the summer. I, that's what I do. Is I all the stuff that I've put off watching. That's I try to catch up on it. So, but yeah, yeah. yeah my I, wife I and I are the same time. way. Mm-hmm. I had a good time watching yeah. my little Oscar films this week because I <laughs> I kind of missed out. I've kind of missed out on them. But it's a weird time for them to pull the Oscars because everybody's, you know, back to work, back to the grind, trying to, you know, pay off all their credit card debt from Christmas. And, you know, it's really hard <laughs> to see all that stuff. Yeah. It's so, that's but, uh, so true. <laughs> get, getting back to a uh, controversy, you brought up Katy Perry earlier. You know, there was another thing that happened this week when Stephen uh, Hawkins died. Uh, Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman, uh, made a quasi-religious statement about him. Uh, and his death what? and his passing, and got she got a lot of fire over that. And what she said wasn't bad. If you're a believer, uh, a person of faith, no one should have been offended by what she said. 
the fact that Stephen Hawking was, you know, a non-believer, a lot of people took offense to what he said. But that wasn't her intent. She just meant to say something really nice and sweet. And, you know, I don't think she realized how much of a non-believer that Stephen Hawking was. So I didn't take offense to it. I just thought, well, she just put her foot in her mouth and was being a dumbass. That's all. She was just trying to be, you know, a good person. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it did well, definitely – uh, I what forget exactly the wording. I forget exactly what it was, but it was it was kind of quasi-religious what she said. And I remember, you know, just thinking, yeah, she shouldn't have said that about him. But, you know, it was something about his passing and that he'll be, I think she said, in heaven or something like that. And, you know, a lot of people just took offense to that. Oh, so she was just saying something that was just a little dumb, not what he was about. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, you know, when somebody when somebody goes through a rough time or their father or mother dies or something, you know, the the usual response from believers is, oh, I'll pray for you. You're in my thoughts Mm. and prayer, you know, and and that's just the general response. I get it. I understand why they do it. But, you know, when that happens to someone that I know, sometimes it's difficult to find the right thing to say because I don't believe in God and I don't want to be insulting to someone that it was you know, or is. So sometimes it's just like, oh, okay, you know, I'm I'm sorry that for your loss and, you know, thinking about you or whatever. But yeah, never say I would pray for you or nothing like that. Yeah, I, I always had a problem with saying that. It felt so empty. It felt so inadequate, you know, even when I was a Christian. And it just seems like yeah. it's not enough, you know. And no, so, yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, well, you know, locally. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, John. No, you said two things locally. You uh, bet you're going to mention Bryant, right? Yes, I was going to mention that, but I wanted to say something positive real fast. Um, so okay. I am a big fan of the sport of wrestling, as in Olympic wrestling, yes. not WWE, although WWE huh. is pretty awesome. Uh, I yeah. mean, I, I love The Rock. He can have all my babies in the future. But um, whoo, hello. But uh, and he's he's a very nice person as well. I'm not just commenting on his physique. But anyway, he is a cool um, dude. He's pretty sweet. So Olympic style wrestling, actual wrestling, um, and UALR University of Arkansas in Little Rock has just committed to add wrestling to their sports. Um, and our, one of our, uh, local business people, his name is Greg Hatcher. He owns the Hatcher agency. Um, he's, uh, just a big supporter of like youth sports and the sport of wrestling specifically and baseball also, but he donated $1.4 million to ULR. Oh, great job. To start a, yeah, start a wrestling, uh, program. And this is the first. D1 college program uh, for wrestling in Arkansas. And so it's a really big deal. Wrestling um, is not as big in Arkansas as it is in other states, but it um, has grown over the last 10 years. And so we have a big need to put some of these high schoolers in, in colleges. And uh, this household is very excited about this because We'll be able to go and support them, and, and um, um, I am an alumni of UALR, and I could not be more happy for my school to to um, get this program. But the other thing, I don't know if you want to talk about wrestling or comment, Sean, because I was going to move on to Bryant Walmart issues. 
No, it's all good. I was just going to say that's an amazing, wonderful thing. I'm glad that it's happened. Anything that's positive that comes to the state, you know, definitely in support of that, especially for children. Uh, We just recently had a controversy over a billboard that showed uh, a lady dancing, and it was uh, promoting one of the colleges here. And the backlash on Facebook was just disgusting, (laughs) to say the least, how people were like, oh, yeah, you're not going to make a living dancing. Yeah. It was just uh, <laughs> I was blo- I was blown away by that. Yeah. Great and, analogy. You know, people, yeah, yeah. So anything positive that comes here like that, we need to embrace it, and you know, just say yes, progress. Finally, we're we're, we're finally going to get something positive and good in this state. And yeah, hundred percent support mm-hmm. that. Well, I know they're going to build a facility for the like a wrestling um, uh, complex. And everything, good, so it good. is just a big deal, big deal. Uh, but do you you should talk about the Bryant Walmart thing because ugh. Oh, yeah, so we have a Walmart just a few miles from here where uh, I want to say it was an Hispanic family uh, of Hispanic descent mm-hmm. had gone to go shopping. And the daughter, who is a med student, by the way, she's going to be a doctor soon. Uh, went inside. She was inside for about twenty minutes. And some white asshole walks up to this car where her mother was sitting, started just circling the car, taking pictures and just acting extreme, extremely weird. And of course, this girl came out and confronted him like, what the hell are you doing? You know, this isn't normal. And he starts spitting out racial slurs and telling her to go home, go back to Mexico. Of course, she's like, I'm not from Mexico. I'm from here. You know, what's your problem? They had to actually have a store manager call the police to get this guy out of here. I couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah, it's 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 scary. I mean, we do live in a conservative county. Um, both Sean and I are from this Saline County. Uh, but I've never been harassed like overtly like that. Like most people just keep to themselves. And it scares me because there have been times where I've felt com- uncomfortable in certain environments in this county, being that it's mostly a white county, and um, my boyfriend happens to just happens to be a minority. And there's been times at restaurants and things where I've felt uncomfortable, but no one has ever like been racially uh, harassing us or anything. So I'm I'm a little uncomfortable about this, Sean. People are getting bold out there, man. Yeah, I, I don't like it either. I think it's really wrong. There, there's always been this subtlety to uh, especially Southern women, how they are able to be polite to your face but yet cut you down at the same time when they don't like you, that Southern <laughs> hospitality people talk about. Uh, You're that, right. That, uh, <laughs> passive aggressive, you know, because you think they're being nice right. and all of a sudden bless, they're like, what What? she just heart. fucking call me? Exactly, bless yeah. There's, there's that – and usually it's it's usually women that do this. Men are usually yeah. more reserved in public, especially yep. around here, because they just don't want to get involved with things. I don't know why. It's just wow, they are. But for this guy yep. to be so emboldened to do this, and it's starting to happen mm-hmm. all over the country, and now we're seeing it here? No, nah, I don't like that. I don't approve of that at all. I, I better not see it myself, because I'm really going to you know, say something myself, and hopefully nothing bad happens. That's the thing, Sean, is... Guys like this think they, they think they're safe in a a a county like Saline County, but here's two people right here, Exhibit A, that would literally fight this dude. Like not physically, but you know what I mean. Like 
I mean, he thinks he's safe, but there are more progressives than people realize in these areas. Yeah. I mean, exactly. There's progressives that live in Harrison, Arkansas. We're, not, you know, we not we may not be as many as conservatives, but we exist, and we are not taking this bullshit anymore. Um, Trump yeah, America exactly. has it's- also emboldened the left. And progressives are not only going to come to the polls, but we're also not taking shit in real life either. So I hope he does yeah. come to my Walmart and does some shit like no. that in front of me because it's going to be on. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, that, that I guess pointed me about it is there there obviously had to have been some people in the parking lot that witnessed this happening. And the fact that nobody stood up. Uh, or said anything to the guy like, hey, get the fuck out of here or whatever, again, shows the mentality of the fear that people live with when someone is acting abnormally. You just don't know if they're going to have a gun or something like that. So everyone has to think about that. You know, it's like my wife and I, before we go anywhere, it's really strange. You know, I didn't think this way as a child, but we actually plan out where we go, where are the exits? What if something happens? We want to make sure that we're prepared if we get – if we get separated, where are we going to meet, you know, different things like that. And, you know, it's just a, it's become a, a norm for how we look at things, whether we go to a movie theater, we go to the zoo, shopping, whatever. I take pictures of my kids before we go somewhere in case, you know, one of them gets kidnapped. I have a current photo of them. Um, you know, it's just the world well, we live in. We have, we have to not live in fear, but we have to be prepared for anything that could possibly happen. Right, exactly. And, you know, it's just like you don't have to be stupid about it just because you're not living in fear. You need to use your head, too. Um, exactly. So, yeah, no, I, I feel you, Sean. And I always, and I've gotten to the age, too, where I wear uh, shoes that I can run in when I go to, like, public places because I'm like, these flip flops ain't going to catch me. I'm not going to be able to run in these things. So I, I mean, exactly. I think no. When you get when you get older, you start thinking about. So. I think so. Yeah. And the answer is not a gun. You shouldn't carry a gun everywhere around you either. No. Because a man just recently shot his neighbor when she was attacked by a dog, and now he's facing criminal charges. So people really need to think about that when they're carrying guns everywhere. You might accidentally kill someone else, even if you have the best uh-huh. intentions. Just it's better to not do it. So, and well, another teacher, another teacher accidentally yeah. shot a student this week. Wow! Because it, his gun, his gun went off and it grazed the kid or something. I just, ugh. And I don't think people from other places realize in the South how many people are packing heat to the point that yeah. that's why you can't just get up in dude's face because you're afraid they probably have a gun. I mean, we've had incidences of road rage in Arkansas and that's everywhere but in Arkansas there was an incident at Starbucks in North Little Rock a couple years ago somebody got mad about somebody cutting them off and they shot and killed them driving down the road you know (laughs) or that poor lady that got shot they still don't know who did that yeah I know they still haven't caught that person and now you know it's just an amosexual culture down here it is it really is it's bad And on that note, we're going to have to sign off. We're down to our last minute, so you guys need to tune in next week. We'll announce the time and everything. We'll probably be back at our regular time, which is usually 6 to 8 8 p.m. on Sunday nights. So, uh, again, this has been On the Reel with Micah and Sean. We've been happy to do the show with you, and we hope that you enjoyed it.
So we will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Anything you want to say real Bye. quick? Bye. Oh, I just wanted to say that if you if you don't like On the Real with Micah and Sean, then bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Isn't All right, see you next week. It All right, was. bye. Bye. Bye.